episode five, Music Gymnast. Today we have a special guest on the podcast, my brother Corey. Introduce yourself. Hello. <laughs> uh, Corey actually helped me produce the jingle y'all just heard and have been hearing on this thing for the past couple episodes. I play the drums and the bass. Absolutely lovely. Yes, we do appreciate it. <laughs> anytime, anytime. All right, so today we're talking about the music industry. Yay! And just the state of music in general and where we're going to go from there. So, uh, let's see, what's new in music today? Shitty artists. Well, there's definitely a lot of that, and we should probably <laughs> give that some consideration too. But like, just like the trends in the music industry, right? Like, we're seeing a lot of obviously like hip hop, rap, and we're seeing a lot of like EDM dance music. And then we're even then we're even seeing the two fused together now. So we're seeing this weird thing where it's like we get like rappers who have like these great EDM tracks behind them. Like, did you guys see that new video for the Hangover with Psy and Snoop Dogg? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's a perfect example of like what the industry is just, like, feeding off of right now. That was actually pretty good. I thought it was good. But it was, like, good because it was, like, goofy and jokey. And Well, so, okay, so continuing on that trend, I think that's kind of the, the norm now because you got uh, uh, Lil Jon and Turned Down For What, which is making crazy. Yeah, that blew up. Yep. That blew up, like, crazy. I think it was just the video. The it, video it kind of yeah, yeah, the yeah, video definitely helps. Songs. Yeah. No but uh, that, that video actually kind of broke some gender norms. Yeah, well, it's a good thing because, frankly, we've been eating it for a long time now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'll go ahead and say it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like, so the music industry clearly is focused on popular music. Like, well, they're focused yeah. on bangers, which is the big thing. Banger, uh, bangers, quote unquote. For anyone who doesn't know what that is, a banger is a track that's really heavy, really punchy, has a lot of grooves. People can really get into it. Uh, you hear it at a lot of uh, dubstep is one of the more common right. arenas for that kind of music, but. Uh, so something that's really radio friendly, really catchy. Yeah, um, they can play just, in clubs easily and just get people to dance to. It's just got to be something that uh, you know a lot of these places can actually use in order to you know generate an audience. Yeah, that totally makes sense too. Because like I, I can't remember the last time I go down Sixth Street and not hear the bangers everywhere. Like every club is just like a cycle of bangers. Getting, even in people's cars. Even in people's cars. As you're sitting in the at a red light, it's just like jeez. <laughs> And then, of course, the dude's like, hey, girl, hey, you want to get in my car? <laughs> so let's just talk about like, the nature of piracy then, because obviously we, we kind of know the, the direction of the trends. We know people always want club music, they want to dance. And because of this, we got the you know piracy. Everybody's like, you know, yeah, why buy technology. music, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like we got computers, may as well just download it, right? And, so you know, so. that's, the, that's the thing that, you know, I learned in all my music business classes that, like, you know, piracing is starting to grow really high and so the cost of having like album or selling an album is just like that's not how the musicians are making their money anymore it's all based on you know the tours and merchandise sure, and everything yeah. and uh you know bands like one of my favorites band real big fish they actually love the piracy because without it they wouldn't have had fans in like europe oh and, wow and yeah. it's just like it actually grew fan bases and stuff yeah. so like 
I, I look at it in both ways because, you know, in, in the music business and being a musician and an audio engineer and stuff is just like that's why I learned how to be an audio engineer so I can self-produce myself and not have to worry about like, you know, one day I will go to a big studio to make a legitimate album. But for now to build my myself, my credibility, like I'm just going to do it myself instead of like wasting all that money and not get anything back for the sale for the sales or anything like that. And yeah, I know that totally makes sense. Well, so it goes both yeah. ways, like you said. Um, it's a double-edged sword. So uh, you either put your music out there and it blows up, and then that builds your fan base, or you do that and then ultimately people just pick up like, oh, I can just go ahead and download, and then you either get no money back. Right. Which is kind of a sucky situation, but it, it is sort of like the way it works right now. Like Album sales are more or less non-existent, right? Yeah. That's just how it is. And it's kind of unfortunate, but... At the same well time, at the same time, out bands know they have to tour and they have to sell, you know, everything else to make up for it. Well, also another thing is that, people like the only people that buy albums now are like musicians. Like you know, and everyone's just everyone's just going for singles. That's that's right. all. That's like that's all the money is is like you know buying singles off iTunes or something like that. Like no one rarely buys like a full album anymore well most bands hardly produce a full album anymore uh tommy lee in particular is actually just producing a lot of singles and eps yeah uh, because he, of that reason yeah so uh, he's kind of picking up on a trend in the industry that i think is going to be very good for him uh he's going to make some money off of it i think whenever it comes to bands like uh dream theater and progressive acts that tend to do these episodic right. sort of full-length albums which they just put out an album this year by the way mm-hmm. go check it out but uh so bands like that i think are going to be few and far between at this point in the industry but uh at the same time i think there's still there's still niches that need to be filled by groups like them yeah absolutely but at the same time i love dream theater but at the same time it, it, i think it's gonna be harder for like our generation to kind of fill that get groove right because at least bands like them are pre-established they have a mm-hmm. fan base people are going when they put out an album people are going to listen to it right but if, with these newer bands, even if they they can be the most talented band on the face of the planet, but like actually being able to like make a living out of their music though is gonna be even more difficult. Well, so you yeah. bring something to mind, uh, Flesh God Apocalypse. Yes, great. They band. are a they've been around for a few years now and they've toured the states, uh, but they're based in Italy and they produce some of the most amazing symphonic death metal yeah. I've ever heard, and their entire albums are nothing more than thematic uh, operas so to speak. And no, that's just, about right. They're intense, yeah. they're brutal, they're very technical, they're very precise, and their production value is just going up. And just the vast amount of technical requirements in order for them to actually be able to produce that kind of thing is amazing. But the fact that they have such an established audience, I just looked on their website, they sell their own wine, they have their own pasta. That's is, awesome. <laughs> their merchandising is I want to have their wine. Yeah. But so, yeah now, it, on a show. now it's like for established acts, even as big as some bands like that are you're basically down to your merch and the cool thing is they found a couple of you know consumables that people i buy a shirt probably not gonna buy a shirt unless i see you guys live again right it's kind of like the sword in the new real ale um yeah that that was great by the way yeah Yeah. um but so yeah uh, perishable consumables i think is a great idea and it, it's kind of gimmicky for them because, you know, they're from Italy, which is known for wine and pasta. So, I mean, but, hey, I it works, man. And it keeps their band going. So I got to I got to give them props. Yeah, I, I think it's impressive. Like, so that it just comes down to creative merchandising is so what bands, bands in Texas need to start making their own barbecue sauce. And queso. Well, the sword also made a hot sauce, too. 
in, in addition to beer. Well, yeah, so there goes yeah. that idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah we were actually taken. there for that big release. Yeah, that was a good time. That was a good time. I know. And then that one dude bought Corey's glass. <laughs> it, you know, it, I didn't know I was going to get a glass. Entrepreneurship 101, man. Buy low, sell high. Exactly. So, yeah, all right. So, what? So, what is the future of the industry then? Is it all just going to be like these consumables and just various like alternative merchandise? Well, I think, you think? like what Brantley said, like with yeah. Tommy, I think that's going to start a trend. What Tommy Lee is doing by just you know taking like you know of course writing a bunch of songs but taking all the good ones and just releasing those on eps yeah and then just perform like you know all all the good ones you know i feel like that could you know it'll it'll lower costs on recording like they actually might make some money back on that instead of like you know putting their heart and soul into 10 songs and only one of them is popular sure you know and like the rest of them are just kind of like you know on the back burner or whatever until like they play it live and they're like oh that is a good song and well so on the flip side i'm gonna give a shout out to our buddy phil jeripu who mm-hmm. recently released yes. his album uh he was a choir director at our high school um and he you can read the whole story online we'll put a link in the show notes but he's actually fixing to go on tour for his album mm-hmm. well, more than that's... more than just on tour though he actually resigned completely and he's just putting his life into music, which I, I, I thought since, you know, high school that he should do. Because yeah. he's very passionate about what he does. And y'all have the album, right? I yeah. Did. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, I actually I got some of the pre-masters that he released. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, but he got a, uh, that's another thing, the avenues of Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you do not have to have a label behind you in order to produce an album yeah. anymore. If you can get a fan base going and, you know, you put together a couple thousand dollars, you can go into a studio and... Put your heart on the line and just record everything and just, you know, distribution costs are cheap, production costs for albums. Digital distribution brought cost of distribution down yeah. significantly, especially with torrenting. Yeah, um, Which goes back to the double-edged story comment, right? Because even though we have this you know, influx of pirating and everybody pirates, right, in some capacity, right? At the same time, distribution's nothing, right? So there are some goods to come out of the bad. Well, look at Definitely. how many distribution yeah. channels you have. You've got YouTube, you've got SoundCloud, you've got... Uh, Reverb Nation, Bands mm-hmm. in Town. Yeah. So many avenues for you to like put your name out there, and it's all online, and they're all free to sign up. And then if you can't afford like your own website, you can make a blog spot. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that well, just... blog spot's free. Exactly. That's so, what I mean, that only makes it easier. That, that's yeah. even better. But, uh, yeah, all those are free. So then at the same time, like it just it comes down to exposure. Like There's so much room for exposure. Then you got social media that kind of you know kind of takes up the slack there. Yeah, social media definitely helps, right? Because you can just blast it everywhere and all your friends will be like, oh, put on a new album. Clink, download, done. Put, put it back on YouTube. Million so, views. I mean, it's like the internet's yeah. just it, – it's blown the industry up immensely. And – the old fogies who are currently in the whole record label game, they really haven't caught on, I think. Uh, Hollywood's starting to pick up on that more. They've got uh, the digital content packs with DVD sales now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, like a, it's kind of like a first step, I suppose, in the right direction. Yeah. But I, I think going back to the Kickstarter thing, uh, the idea of incentives. Uh, effectively, uh, you're using your fan base to basically build the album, which is really cool. It is a cool idea. Just give back and everyone who know. believes in you, yeah, like they, money. they want to give back to the artist so much, and so like you want to give back to them. So you either give them like you know studio uh, components. Like uh, I got a, um, I got full masters from a, a local band here in town called uh, Fire from the Gods. Uh, before they actually ended up releasing their album like three weeks ahead of schedule. Uh, I got a CD mail, copy in the mail, and then I got a shirt. 
uh, from the pre-production there. I did another Kickstarter for Affiance where I got a special edition T-shirt for that, and I got a handwritten letter from them. Oh. That was kind of cool. How nice, yeah, very Ooh. formal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just those personal touches that yeah. I think a band could really do to really leverage their audience and actually be able to you know, give back to them because yeah. it, it's all about the fans nowadays. Yeah, like fans, they kind of make or break the album. So if anything, then we, we're kind of seeing like a reformat, right? Like the playing field is completely changed. Yeah. And, and thanks to the internet, I think people kind of need to adapt or die. This is kind of like the next evolution of sorts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Technological. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a thing, right? People just well, need to it's, learn. It's, a, it's yeah. the end of an era. It's the end of an era. Yep. And uh, yeah. Yeah. CD players are definitely going to be extinct soon. Actually, that picture of uh, the dude with the jacket and the CD Walkman sticking out of it that says "Future generations will never know our struggle." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Sad. Totally had my Walkman. Yeah, it's actually funny because that's the new meme for how old you are. Uh, it's no longer the uh, the pencil and the tape cassette. Right. Yeah, it's not a CD player. <laughs> right. No, I remember my Walkman on the bus. Yeah, yeah. long before the iPod came along. I, I remember trying to stuff that thing into my jacket; it just wouldn't work. So, I think I, oh, I think I eventually just sewed pockets at the inside of my jacket for that. I think I just I had a big enough pocket in the hoodie. Well, then oh, you I had stretched st- it out and ripped all the stitchings, but you know. yeah. And then, and then you had the CD wallet, and then once you bump it with your elbow, it like skips. And then it came yeah, out with anti skip. They, they will not yeah, know yeah, our struggle. Yeah, the anti skip was a big deal. Yeah, the, the skipping stuff. They they'll never understand. Ah uh, man, the iPod changed everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, then it actually made Apple into a desirable brand, right? It brought them back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Pat Oswalt's got to think about the uh, the i the i iPod. Uh, talking about how, like, he, if he could go back in time, he would go talk to himself. He's like, oh, shit, that's my old Walkman. <laughs> yeah, I'll we'll put a link in the show to that one, too. That's a good bit. Oh, Patton. So, so let's talk about another kind of point we should make in, like, this new musical landscape, and that's, like, the nature of, like, self-made celebrities and, like, DIY artists, right? Because you have these guys. I think Macklemore has probably been the one to get the most attention just because Thrift Shop blew up, right? Um, yeah, and he effectively went against the old school music industry, totally self-promoted, got millions and millions of YouTube hits, and next thing you know, became, you know, a musical icon of sorts. Well, so not only did he produce his own stuff, like, he went out of his way to actually go and create a label with his best friend. Yeah, uh, Went on to record their own album, produced it, mastered it, got everything else, they got the distribution rights, they owned the masters, they did everything right that way. But they also had a voice that I think kind of spoke to a generation of people that feel like they don't have one, uh, specifically the uh, LGBT community. I'm probably missing a couple of parts of that acronym. No, but, no, that's actually right. Um, but yeah, so I mean, he speaks to a whole generation of people that feel neglected and all that stuff. Um, and that's kind of why he's kind of blown up. Uh, a lot of people can relate to his music. And then it's like people have more established people have gone that route. Uh, Jay Z more recently with his album, yeah. And commercially that flopped. Well, but at the same time though, look at what happened right afterwards. Because Beyonce, they, there was no, and I mean no pretext. It was just like overnight. Next thing you know, oh, there's a new Beyonce album out that nobody knew about, just completely under the radar, and it blew up. Well, I think that was kind of like she was over. That whole thing was overshadowed by the whole Jay Z thing. It's like, oh, Jay Z is producing his album. She's, oh my Ma- god. Yeah, maybe so. And then soon, they just kind of went Beyonce together. is like, where did this come from? Sneak no, attack. Nowhere. Yeah, it was a sneak attack. <laughs> Critical hit. Jeez. But yeah, um, super effective. And and just coming from a YouTube side, Bieber. <sighs> of course. <laughs> we have to bring him up. 
Well, so I, I was going to talk about... Uh, Good thing he's on his way out, so... Jessica Black. So. Yes, Friday. Um, Friday. Or uh, Re- Rebecca, Rebecca Black. Black. There we go. There we go. Yep. I'm glad we can't remember that. And, and then, of course, Saturday. After after Friday came Saturday. Wait, she made... She made a Saturday. <laughs> wait, wait, it didn't get nearly the recognition that Friday did, but it still was pretty big on YouTube. Yeah. But so, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's amazing oh. how... Music, regardless of, and as I understood it, Friday was just a joke. Well, yeah. Well, her her parents, at least this way I understand, there's this terrible industry out there that knows that they can like prey off kids with too much money, right? So what they do is they have their own like in in house rapper. I forget his name, but he's the one that's featured on every single track that they produce. He's like just your generic oh, rapper, okay. and then based on that, the parents go in, they pay him a few hundred thousand dollars, and next thing you know, it's like we're gonna turn your kid into a celebrity. And lo and behold, Rebecca Black is a product of this experiment. <laughs> so they didn't they didn't indicate if it was going to be a good or a bad celebrity. Right. Sadly, it was a huge joke, and everyone was mostly making fun. I mean, granted, she is a celebrity in now, in some but, some respects. Yeah, yeah right. But yeah, but not, she's, she's going to die knowing that she's known for Friday. It's true. Well, I, I I really wonder if her parents put her up to it or not. You know, if they're just like cut them a check and we're just like, all right, just just go off and make. But if, well, she, if she wrote those lyrics, she needs to go back to English class. <laughs> well, so Corey and I grew up thinking that you know being a rock star would be a great idea, and then kind of kind of coming into the industry, we realized that it's really difficult to make your way, especially with how saturated everything is now. Yeah. Yeah. This is not the 1960s. Right? Oh, dude, even it's, bigger than that, the it's, 80s. Oh well, yeah, yeah, hair metal for sure. Uh, not even hair metal, just just. The amount of exposure in California you needed back when it was just constant playing gigs and then cutting a demo as fast as you could and there there's whole documentaries on that kind of stuff you can watch but uh we kind of got started thinking you know it'd be great to produce our music because we love writing and recording and all that stuff and now we've got our own recording studio set up going we got our own mixing we can basically do whatever we want at this point because you know the, the, everything's come down in cost you don't need it fifty thousand dollar console to cut a demo right even though i'd like one but if anyone out there wants to give me one i'll be yeah you might have to oh dave Grohl. that's right he, he brought it from sound city yeah yeah i mean good documentary there's some people that throw back to the idea that you know you record through a console and you get all the vintage vibe and it's because it's you know the the analog i i think analog still has a space yeah somewhere in here because uh, you have the audio files so. And speaking of analog, uh, I recently backed uh, an Indiegogo campaign for Miss May Eye's new album because they went that route and actually like self-funded uh, their whole thing. And they released vinyl copies of their album. Yeah, and vinyl's coming back. Vinyl's... Everyone's everyone's making vinyl albums now. Yeah. Which yeah, is nice. It... Like, I like that. Who is it? Oh, Jack White. And Jack White is like all about vinyl. And he's, mm-hmm. try- he's trying to push vinyl really hard. Well, so it's just it's, – it's, it's interesting to see how – that kind of thing is making a comeback. Like everyone's just like, oh, all kids worry about is digital this and blah blah that. There's still a generation of people that are just like, it's really cool to go back and like hear the old vintage things that are happening. <laughs> Got a dust off my phonogram. <laughs> you know, like, it, granted, it, the needles are better. And yeah, know. I was about to say, some people actually think that vinyl, when you when play with a nicely balanced needle and things like that, actually has a better sound than it has a fuller digital. range fuller range yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah. with digital you have a uh, artificial compression and mm-hmm. artifacts and things like that it's just, it's just not a full translation yeah. um sounds flatter like it's like whenever album. i listen to the raw wave files of mr a's album it's like completely different yeah i've only listened to it once <laughs> <laughs> i listen to it occasionally it does make you feel better man so 
There you go. That's kind of the state of the music industry, at least the way we're seeing it. Uh, so where are we going from here? That's um, not I, talking about Miley Cyrus. That's yeah, cool. let's not do that. No, <laughs> she'll die off just like all the other pop stars. Yeah, take take Bieber with you. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. <laughs> well, Bieber's already Bieber's done. Yeah, he's actually resigned from fame. At, at, at 19 whole years old, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't been one of those like child star tragedies yet. That just like is he's like not found, found, he's been found close. Dead. Yeah, he's, he's not old enough. Yeah, I think so. When he's like 30 and oh, bald, true, and Canadian. Yeah, deported back to Canada. He, he already is Canadian. He's going to be just like what's his face, uh, the guy who played Dawson uh, in Dawson's Creek. He oh yeah, good God, uh, Va- Va- James Vanderbeek. Yeah, 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 that guy. Um, so in High Met Your Mother, whenever uh, he comes back and Robin uh, meets him again. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, okay. Beaver's going to be just like that. <laughs> Probably. We'll, we'll see what happens there. He might be like the next Macaulay Culkin or something. All fat and getting the band back. Together <laughs> Have you seen again. Macaulay Culkin's band? Uh, no. So, uh, so, something about... I, I know it's like I, all songs it's are a, about it's a pizza. Velvet, it's a Velvet Underground tribute. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. Pizza Underground or something like pizza that. It's like all covers, but they're talking about pizza. And apparently they got booed off stage in New <laughs> York or something like that. I don't know. I read an article about that. And I, I watched the video, but I mean, they... I didn't like it said like you know like the crowd went to a ride and threw bottles at the stage, but I mean I watched the whole thing sadly and <laughs> I, I didn't see any bottles sadly. flying. I was it was very anticlimactic. Continue. <laughs> um, yeah, so oh, yeah. people that have made a comeback from music and then became full fledged celebrities like Justin Timberlake. Yes. Uh, Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Uh, went went on to do Big Brother. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He and, he did uh, he did some movies too. Yeah, uh, he was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. He sure was the the, the secret of the ooze. Yeah, that yeah. one. Um, he and, was. Yeah. 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 He was in the he was in the club scene whenever it's like go ninja go ninja go. No shit, that's him. Invisible yeah. Ice. Or, uh, wow. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he was in another. Yeah. He was in another really funny movie. I, I think he just made enough like uh, comic comedic like celebrity friends to just like kind of brought him along after his music career died. And he just kind of like got brought back. Well, so after his rap career, he had a metal career. <laughs> and, like uh, Limp Biscuit stuff. Oh no, no, we, yeah, we, we do not talk about I think Limp Biscuit. He Biscuit. did tour with Limp Biscuit. Fred, Fred Durst is dead to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's just people that make that transition. Um, Justin Timberlake went on to do movies. Yes, uh, and actually does pretty good at it. He's he's a talented guy. I'll get he can sing, he can dance, and he can kind of act. So I'll I'll give it to him. So I mean, it's, well, it's just, always in those like chick flick type movies. Which I mean, he okay. he can, he does have the acting qualities you, for that. You, you got to realize, you got to realize, he's growing up with his audience because half of those people that love those chick flicks were the girls that were buying NSYNC albums back in the day. That's uh, true. So I mean, he's really the kid's ma- actually so, intelligent. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's been a money. He's like he's like in his thirties now. Yeah. Well, he's also been a money making machine. I mean, he was. Uh, oh yeah, and he bought sync. out. And he sync. bought out MySpace. Yes, and he's reviving MySpace. That's who's doing all that. Yeah, Justin Timberlake. I heard a, I heard a, something on the radio on the way back up from Louisiana this weekend that uh, uh, MySpace has something that's like you know you can win a trip to L.A. and I, I don't. Yeah, so beat, my, beat MySpace Justin Timberlake. Is, <laughs> I guess so. And of course, and, and of course, all the girls are like, "Oh, I have to do it." Yeah, and I was just like, oh, MySpace. Jeez, I thought that was just you know a dusty antique in a shop or something like that well so myspace is literally a it's becoming more of a music platform now yeah Uh, it's mostly for bands to kind of like promote themselves uh myspace always had this idea of like band pages 
and other mm-hmm. kinds of pages you could do like that. But then Facebook kind of took over and had pages and you yeah. know, stuff like that. So Facebook, I feel like, was more commercial in that respect, and it really fit for a lot of business presence. But as far as musicians, you really don't have a lot of the tools you need to really do that on Facebook's platform. So MySpace is trying to fill that void. Yeah, I definitely hope that MySpace does justice this time around and doesn't just like, oh, we can turn this into a social platform. Let's barf all over it. <laughs> I tried it out, and the navigation was a little funky. Yeah, last time I went on MySpace, I, it didn't make any sense to me. So I just stopped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My, like, MySpace no. is always... Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. Always seemed a little weird to me also. Plus, back when you know we were kids and MySpace was a thing, apparently my page broke some people's computers because I put way too much shit on there. Ah, <laughs> uh, the wonders of memory bandwidth. <laughs> I remember that was the reason I got into web. Because I, I learned about HTML and CSS through that, kind of. Or at least it kind of exposed that to me. I was like, oh my god, web pages are built with this stuff? Yeah, right. It's so easy. It was really complicated back then, though. <laughs> hey, you got to start somewhere, right? Right. Well, that's our episode. So what do you guys think about the music industry? Feel free to give us a shout-out, comment, tweet us, whatever you want to do. Uh, Corey, if you want to do a shout-out for whatever you got yeah, going. Yeah, plug whatever you want. Hello, listeners. I am currently in a hip-hop band. I play drums for Cato uh, Docs. I am in my first music video. Look for Kato Docs uh, in the air. It's on YouTube, and uh, yeah, I don't have. Well, I use Twitter, but I mean, I don't use Twitter. I'm one of those guys. Okay. But uh, one day, once I actually have stuff to tweet about, I will start using that more. There you go. But uh, yeah, I mean, come check out some of our shows. I think we have one at uh, Red Eye Fly on July 2nd, and uh, other than that. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Bye, guys.